Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to you viewers and listeners of hypnosisweek.com. Uh, this is a slightly shorter than usual episode, um, but it's one that's going to be invaluable to you nonetheless, because I have got a true living legend of the psychic industry who himself also has experience, because this is hypnosisweek.com, and we do interview people from the psychic arena, but obviously from the context of how it can cross-relate into hypnotherapy and stage hypnosis and hypnotic things. So um, it's interesting to note this gentleman has also been a stage hypnotist for many years and run a hypnotherapy practice very successfully uh, over in New Zealand. He's the author of over 100 books. We'll find out exactly how many in a minute. Um, from everything you can think of from A through to Z, as we'll find out in the sort of next half hour. The man who is the living legend, Mr. Richard Webster. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Well, as I said, I mean, you've done over 100 books for, that are available. If people just go to Amazon and type in your name, Richard Webster, there's everything from Palm Reading for Beginners, which right. is just a, a fantastic book. One of my personal favourites. Um, bang for book as they say because there's so much information and in uh, such an amazing price is uh, Lu the Llewellyn's complete book of divination yes there's just so much content in there and it's you know it's easy to learn uh, but you've got I mean you've every subject on the planet <laughs> where do you find the time to write this many books Richard I don't really know because I just do them one at a time and uh I'm always dozens of books out when people say, how many books have you written? Uh, I, I was I, I had a party to celebrate my hundredth book right. and uh, and we actually discovered I'd written 120. So I could when have had, had the, the party when I had the party. I could have had the party a couple of years earlier or a few yeah. years and I did. So I'm up to 158 now and uh, I've no, I've, I'm not ready to hang up my pen yet. Flipping neck. 158 i mean you you've got i mean obviously you've got all the psychic subjects anyone could think of palmistry numerology you name it um viewers and listeners whatever you can think of tea leaf reading born literally anything you can think of but amongst them as well are ones that um i'm going to say more directly relevant to to hypnotherapists and stage hypnotists although these are as well as we'll come to in a minute but i mean you've got ones out there on past life regression yes. um the fact um sigmund freud whether it's right stuff that's relevant to hypnotherapists now i know you've you used to run a hypnotherapy practice didn't you i, I still do yes. oh you still do okay it's just yes. i don't think you mentioned it that much these days that's all well i don't i don't do it much these days because i just don't have time but yeah. uh, i still i still I still see the occasional. I, I, it's only two or three people a week. That's that's all. It's just it's just for fun and to keep my hand in, and also to give me people contact as well. So how did you get into the hypnosis and psychic stuff? Because they're similar, but they're also very different. They both happened when I was just a, just a kid. Uh, my mother used to read tea leaves, and uh, she. Whenever anyone in the family got pregnant, she'd put a wedding ring on a bit of thread and use it as a pendulum to see if it was going to be a boy or a girl. So I grew up with that sort of stuff. There was a man up the road from me who used to read palm, palms, and uh, he took me under his wing a little bit and taught me 
the basics of palmistry. And uh, the hypnosis started because uh, my father was friends with uh, a man called called Frank, Frank Quinn, who uh, toured the world as Frank yes. Quinn. Yes, yeah. And he used to come to Auckland for about six weeks. We had no television in New Zealand at the time, so he'd sell out our biggest theatre for six weeks. And uh, I'd, I'd go and see a show. I saw a show dozens of times because uh, we used to get free tickets because he was a friend oh, of my father's. Excellent. And uh, one, day, one day at school, I, I, I sort of announced that uh, I could hypnotise. <laughs> and lo and behold, it worked. How and it became. You? Yes, it became my party trick. We used to travel to and from school on a train, and it used to be my party trick to hypnotise people on the train to do silly things. How and, old uh, were you then, then, at school? 13, I suppose, 13, 14. Bloody and, hell, uh, we've got a got, lot in common, because it was yeah. sort of that age when I started trying the locked hands and stuff on yes, people right, the school playground, and I got in so much trouble with the headmaster. I almost got expelled from school because one of the passengers on the train complained to the headmaster and I got into big trouble but uh, it worked to my advantage because none of the teachers would ever look me in the eye ever again they had this fear fear of it excellent <laughs> flipping heck it's and the only thing I'm remembered for at school my my, my school record was not, not not great so how did that become, how did you get into it professionally for, you know, because the viewers, it's one thing to do things and amazingly young, but whatever age people are watching this and they're just starting out, it's one thing doing it as an interest or, or it's a it's a different thing. How did you manage to break into it professionally? Uh, that happened when I was about 26. I, I worked, I left school at 17 and I worked in book publishing for seven years because I wanted to be a writer and mm -hmm. I thought it would teach me what went on behind the scenes. And I had a bookshop for a year, but those things weren't weren't for me. I, I've, I thought it'd be great discussing the latest bestsellers with my customers, but uh, I'd argue about um, the pr a price increase on the Women's Weekly and things like this. So after, after a year, the walls started coming in on me. So mm -hmm. I sold it and I started a book importing business and I could sell the books, but I couldn't get paid. They wouldn't really pay me for having a wholesale business. So um, that, that was a disaster. And uh, I ended up um, oh, doing a variety of jobs uh, just, just to pay my debts. I, I mowed lawns. I delivered um, donuts in the middle of the night to, to shops. I, I taught the piano. I did, did a variety of things. And uh, my ho childhood hobby of magic came, came back because I discovered I could make money doing kids' parties. Oh, and uh, that that sort of that sort of grew. It actually grew to a very happy position because I was able to stop mowing lawns myself and pay someone to mow my lawns because I was making more money by going out doing doing kids shows. And uh, I, I wrote I'd written a couple of books. My first book was on censorship, so it was nothing to do with psychic things. But my my, sec my second um, book was really a pitch book on. Um, it was called Sun Sign Success. It was just a, a little 32-page pitch book. Mm -hmm. And uh, I sold that by reading palms in shopping malls. And it was illegal to do that in New Zealand in those days. But if people bought the book, they could get a free palm reading. And that made it okay. Loopholes. So, delight loopholes. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, that, that worked very, very well indeed. Uh, so much so that people came back a month or two later wanting another reading, but they wanted another book. So that's what got me writing. I wrote about 30 of those little pitch books. And uh, and I, I started 
doing um, astrology readings on the on a, a, a local radio station and someone way down the country heard about it and uh, asked me uh, he he owned a theater and he wanted something to do on quiet nights so he asked if i'd come down and do a psychic show so uh, i went down did a psychic show and it went very very well it was a, a big success um amazingly so because I, I i read out my script i had a script and i read it to them and then i did a few mentalism type effects came came back from that and all all of us started to get a bit more attention from from the agents who were booking me as a children's entertainer wanting me to do adult shows um a couple of university students were doing uh, put on dances, dance evenings in small towns within a hundred miles radius of, of Auckland where I lived. And uh, they thought again, I'd be a good thing because they, they already had the venues. They just had to promote them. So I, I did those. They went well. And then an agent said, uh, uh, we've got um, the, the, the Navy want a stage hypnotist. Can you do that? And I said, sure, sure. And <laughs> I, I panicked. Um, I'd, I'd done, you know, that little bit as a, as a teenager, but I certainly didn't have a show. I had Orman McGill's first book. I can't yeah, remember his book. His first the book. Art of Stage Hypnosis. Big hardback, but it was the art of, not the encyclopedia. Yes, that's right. It was the art of, yes. So I had that. So I went, I went and did it, and it went incredibly well. And I remember coming home again on an absolute high because I'd found a new... A whole, a whole new career and I realized afterwards that it worked because people in the Navy are used to obeying orders so you say sleep and boom <laughs> so they just do what they're told well, so I don't know it takes a lot of confidence to go and do that for sure mm-hmm. yes 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 well well it, 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 it I was lucky I had beginner's luck because a year or two later I went to Norfolk Island which is just a, a little island 1,200 miles away from New Zealand. It's only five miles long by three miles wide. People, old people used to go there because it was a safe people, a safe place to go. And honeymoon couples used to go. And I went there to do hypnotism shows in a hotel there mm-hmm. for a week. And uh, it wasn't a good idea, as I discovered later, because both the old people and the honeymoon couples go to bed at eight, and my show was at nine. So uh, yeah. we did we, we hadn't thought of that one, but we got enough people and it, it you know, they all, they all went OK. And uh, the uh, owner of uh, the manager of the hotel hotel said all the locals would like to have a show just for them, not with any of the tourists. Would you do that? Mm-hmm. So I agreed to do that. And again, there are only 1500 people living on the island at that time. They all knew each other, knew everything about each other. They wanted to see a show, but no one wanted to participate. So I had to drag them up on stage, and they were all—they were all like this. No one, no one, no one would let me hypnotize them. So it was the first show I did. There had been a few others where I couldn't hypnotize anyone, and it was an absolute disaster. So after after a week, where I was feeling really quite happy, and uh, I'd become a little celebrity on this tiny little island because I'd been on their one and only radio station. I'd been full page article about me in their little newspaper. <laughs> so I was, I was feeling quite cocky. And then I had this disaster. So, um, and then I, then I thought, oh my God, the hotel are not going to pay me. They're not going to pay me, but uh, they did. 
Well, that's it. I mean, it happens to us all, doesn't it, at some point. Um, li- seriously, listeners, viewers, if you're just getting into stage hypnosis, honestly, even people that have been at it as long as Richard, myself, other people who have been at it decades, there will still be the odd night when things don't go to plan. Yeah, that's right. So eventually I, I developed... Um, a 30 a 30 minute hypnosis act where you don't really need to hypnotize anyone it just looks looks as if they're hypnotized and uh that 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 was that was quite that was quite impressive it played it played well and yeah. it meant that i could actually offer a 30 minute hypnosis show because you know you know 30 minutes is not really long enough to do a hypnotism show mm-hmm. but to do a sort of pseudo hypnosis show it, it, it was long enough and uh, that was sort of my that gave me confidence because that was my backup. I knew if things turned to custard again, I had something I could yeah. I could carry on. Have you ever have you ever written that down, so to speak, the routine? Because no, I, I know years ago you had out the Richard Webster hypnosis show um, videotapes. A lot of viewers yeah. and listeners won't know what those are. Um, <laughs> but they what we had before DVDs and digital downloads, and you can actually. I don't know if the auction's ended, but the, as we do this on the 23rd of September, there's a set up on eBay for hundreds of dollars, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Because um, they're not available anymore. What? what why no, I, sh- I, sh- I should buy it. I don't have it. I should buy it. You should buy it. And if you made it, get it transferred and get it back on the market, Richard. <laughs> yes. I don't know what it would be like now. I, that was that was done, I think, in the late eighties, nineteen eighties. So uh, I'd, I'd be I'd be unrecognisable, probably. Well, we can, you're definitely younger, but it's most definitely you that's on the on, on the cover. You can tell that on the picture. Oh, you're very kind. Thank you. <laughs> you must have been one of the first. I mean, you certainly, in terms of um, stage hypnosis, you must be one of the first courses on the market then. Well, it was video, the video, video wise, I mean, it was it was the first one. Yes. You really need to get it back on the market then. Um, so anyway, psychic stuff in relation to hypnosis. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there and then obviously please disagree with me. This is not about agreeing with me. By all means, disagree. But it, my view is that. Hypnotherapists, we're moving on from stage hypnotists. Hypnotherapists, there is there's various different markets that can go down, obviously, but one of them is the new age um, spiritual, if you want to call it, yes. belief market, where there are people who do have beliefs in things such as angels. Um, reincarnation, past life regression, and, uh, and whatnot. Now, I'm not here to debate and or make anyone watching or listening, you know, argue whether they whether it's real or, or fake, imagined. Because frankly, personally, I don't think it particularly matters if the individual that you're giving a past life or an astral projection session or a a spiritually themed hypnotherapy session, if they believe um, and get a benefit from it, I don't think it particularly matters why it works. But what are your sort of 
thoughts on the overlap? Because I think there's a big market there for hypnotherapists that's not been tapped properly. Oh, there, there certainly is. Yes. I've, I've always been interested in reincarnation and uh, things on that on that sort. I, I've, I've always had a memory of myself in a, 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 stra a strange memory. I was a very small child and I was warm and uh, there were these round red circles going round and round and round and uh, I had no idea what it, what it was. It was just just a funny sort of memory that which must have come from a past life, as I assumed. And then one day, oh, it must be 40, 40 years ago, I was, or, or maybe a little bit less, I was helping one of my children do their homework, and uh, I pulled the book off a shelf, and it landed and it opened with a colour picture of um, the, the Russian steppes with a big, big bonfire, and uh, these women were dancing round round circles. They were wearing black, dresses but the insides were the lining was red and I was just a little kid so I, I was seeing these round circles go round and round and that brought all sorts of memories memories back for me so I've, I've, all, I've always so uh, I, I obviously there's no way of prove, proving reincarnation although, although it's a theory I, I, I really like and because of because of that myself and with that memory I've always had I'm inclined to believe in in reincarnation, so I've always had an interest interest in that. And uh, of course, doing the past life regressions, they were great fun because you never knew where someone was going to go back to. And uh, I, I never I never had uh, Cleopatra or Henry VIII or anyone like that <laughs> sitting in my chair. But uh, I had one ma one man who uh, was the the, the money man or financial advisor to uh, Thomas Cromwell, not Oliver Cromwell, Th Thomas Cromwell. And uh, we were able to check up facts about him, which verified different things. But again, th that was fascinating. But again, there's no proof because he might have read a book about the person who did that job 30 years previously and forgotten all about it. But under hypnosis, it came, it came back as a, as a little fantasy. So or it could have been real. We don't. We can't. It can't be proved either way. Categorically. If it works, it works. Now, yeah. past life regression-wise, I have to say I'm not going to make mention the uh, book's name because there's so many different books that you've written. But in the next section, we'll record later for the closed doors, as it were, and that is we're going to do a little bit that only members of my elite hypnosis boot camp can listen to. So if you're in the Elite Hypnosis Bootcamp, you'll be able to go in the members area when this comes to an end and go behind the doors for further info, so to speak. Otherwise, I'm sorry, there's some things we, we only keep for bootcamp members. But one book of yours that I read, I'm sure it was a book of yours I read about past life regression, and we'll mention the name in the next section. It gave the example of how somebody in a past, in the present life now, could have a, a very weak arm, for example. Yes, and yes. No particular, no particularly, they couldn't track it down medically, and that by going through the past life regression process, they discovered that in a previous life, um, they'd been in a sword fight and their arm had got chopped off, and that coming to the realization of this and bringing that back into the here and now, they suddenly regained all, 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 all the strength back in their arm and were fine. And that got me thinking, because I was, I was only a teenager then. I, that, I'd 
just been getting involved in hypnotherapy but not read anything about the use of past life regression and when i read that in your book i started experimenting thinking well it doesn't matter whether it's real or not if they believe it is or they get a therapeutic benefit from it then that's all that matters and that sentence in your book just i've used that thought process so many times in therapy with amazing results that you know thank you and i'm sure you've got other examples have you you can share with us yes i have i have but i can't can't i can't think of any at the moment <laughs> being put on the spot it's it's a long time since i've done the past life regression and the the, tr- the trouble is i keep getting busy I get very restless. Uh, I I think it's good for me as a writer because I can write a book and get it all out of my system. Mm -hmm. And then I can write a book on a different subject and do the same thing. So uh, past life regressions I did. I did for many, many years. But uh, they sort of go they sort of go in and out of favor. If if there's mention of past life regressions on television or something, all of a sudden there's an upsurge of interest. And I was able to create an upsurge, a bit of interest myself by, by putting flyers on my past life regressions inside library books on the subject of reincarnation. And, and that, that, that is gold that was in the, in the same book and I got leaflets done for back then photocopied them because I'm going back to like 19, late 80s, early 90s. Probably, yes. And did exactly that. And I also do that with stop smoking ones in stop smoking books and I, I, I didn't realize but I, over the years when I've run training seminars I've always advised that as a low cost takes a while sometimes to get response because it depends when yes. you take the books out but you'll just out of the blue get clients and it's all thanks to your books because I realized rereading your books over the past few weeks that oh heck it's there down in black and white I must have read it in Richard's book yeah. So, so, uh, but uh, again, I saw, I sort of got out of the way of doing them. So I haven't done one for years and years and years. I have every now and again, someone phones wanting one, but it's always at times when I'm really, really busy because uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I always do several things, several things at once. And uh, now I'm in my seventies. I, d- I don't want to be as busy as I used to be, but uh, I, I seem to be as busy as, as ever. Well, I didn't realise you were that old, uh, Richard. You certainly don't look it, as the viewers will be able to testify. That must be because you keep your mind active and do so many. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to retire. Why, why would I do that? I, lo- I love what I do, so uh, uh, I've, I've no plans to retire at all. Well, and he's taking you around the world, hasn't he? I mean, unfortunately, at the moment we've got COVID and we're all stuck and not able to do the things we normally do. But I mean, you appear at conventions worldwide, uh, book launches, um, flipping New Age festivals. With yes, yes, I've been very lucky. I've had a huge amount of travel, and in fact. Um, my wife and I have been married for 49 years, but I tell everyone it's actually wow. only 35 because I've been away such a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, yes, I've, I've been uh, pretty well everywhere. everywhere I yes, I've been very lucky in that regard. Yes, so it truly is amazing. Um, we're going to in a moment segue, we're at 24 minutes, which means that I'm sorry, this recording is going to come to an end. Um, 
a lot shorter than normal episodes. But those of you who are in the Elite Hypnosis Bootcamp, head over to the private members area and you will be able to pick up this interview there. For those who are not in the bootcamp, either join um, or um, just get yourself over to Amazon and type in this gentleman's name, Mr. Richard Webster, and I guarantee there will be a subject matter that will interest you. And having read, I can't say I've read all of Richard's books because... um, I simply haven't, but I must have read over 60 of them and must currently possess over 60 of them. And I can say that the writing style is such that you you just you get through them. There's so many. I mean, this is a 230 page book, palm reading for beginners. But it is so easy to read that even if you've got no prior knowledge, you'll you'll get through this. You'll you'll start. you'll, You'll be through it in one night. I'm not saying you'll be able to read palms straight away at the end of it because you'll want to practice and go back and stuff. But literally, do yourself a favour, go to Amazon, type in Richard Webster and check out his books. And for those who are bootcamp members, we'll see you in there behind the door in a few moments time.